Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. We're in a grey glass bird's nest in London overlooking the fog and we have some clearing up to do in a detective special today on the UK Tech Weekly Podcast. The detectives at the New York Times, of course, uncovering more stuff that Zuckerberg didn't tell you about. But first, on a lighter note, I've got uh, Don Preston and I have Scott Carey here to talk about a quite surprisingly good Detective Pikachu trailer. What the hell is it, Don? And why does it look like it might actually be quite a good film? Uh, yeah, so this is uh, a, a new Nintendo movie that's coming out uh, in spring 2019. It's quite a long lead on a trailer. For the first one, it's uh, it's about six months, which is pretty typical for a film like this. For sort of a big one, you might get even longer, like a year with a brief teaser. But I think Fair for enough. the first trailer like this, we'll see another one in January, February, probably something like that. And then, then it'll come out, it comes out in April, May. It's around it's May, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, so this it, it's a really interesting choice for Nintendo's first big modern film project. It's not come completely out of nowhere. It's based on a game called Detective Pikachu, right? Which originally I didn't know that existed. Yes, yeah, <laughs> so unaware of Detective Pikachu. It's it's this really weird thing where that was a Japanese-only game. It didn't come out oh, in really? the West for about two years. Oh, but it is out here now. It is out now, or it's coming out. Is it, soon. Is it a 3DS thing? Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's a 3DS game that only came out in Japan. It was this niche little prospect, and then clearly <laughs> someone somewhere realized, oh wait, this could be a thing. Yeah. Uh, and so the, the talking Pikachu is an element in the game as well. And it is this kind of mystery where you and your detective Pikachu and his little Sherlock Holmes dear stalker hat uh, go about solving mysteries. And so when the, as soon as there was this talk that they're making a film, uh, it, it blew people's minds. There was a big fan campaign to get Danny DeVito to nice. do the voice. <laughs> Why? Because in the, game, in the game, it's quite a gruff kind of Pikachu that they do. What, like a kind of Raymond Chandler? <laughs> <laughs> like like whiskey swilling Exactly, detective. yeah, yeah. Kind of really lean into the detective side of it. Uh, but they so, haven't. They've gone for. So they've gone for Ryan Reynolds. They've okay. gone for a bankable Canadian star, <laughs> yeah. uh, which says a lot then about the tone the film seems to have mm. based on the first trailer, which is basically Deadpool light. It's Deadpool for kids, isn't yeah. it? It looks very snarky okay. and silly, self-aware. Nod, nod, wink, wink. We all know this is this is what it is. It's okay. also, but it's not nothing to do with Marvel. No, no. Okay. Um, this is uh, being made by. Legendary Entertainment and Warner Brothers, I think. Okay. Obviously, it's um, very difficult. It's a chicken and egg thing for us at this point to work out whether the tone was that way in the script or whether the tone is that way because it's Ryan Reynolds. Uh, I think, well, so one giveaway on the script side is that one of the two credited writers is Nicole Perlman, who 
broke to fame when she wrote Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one, okay. Edward James Gunn. So it's that. And she's also writing, uh, has written rather Captain Marvel. And so she's on a, on a big run at the moment of big stuff. So I think that kind of slightly Guardians-esque, slightly Deadpool-esque tone, that okay. was clearly something that was there from the get-go. And I think it's really telling. It's, it's really savvy because this is Nintendo... This is obviously going to be kid-friendly. It's a Pokemon movie. Yeah, this is but a kid's film. It's not, but it's not. The target <laughs> market is us. This is a millennial okay. film. Okay. The, all that trailer is, is it, it screams, we're trying to get these snarky millennials with that weird internet sense of humor. And the telling thing about that is the Pokemon that are front and center are Pikachu, Jigglypuff, and that silly mime one whose name I Mr. can't remember. Mr. Mime. Mr. Mime. That was the bit in the is trailer. It, is that, it called Mr. Mime? Mr. Mime. That's the bit in the trailer that made me laugh the most. Is yeah, Mimic, is Mimic when he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah. Um, and he was like, yeah, just tell it. To, he, he was miming Mind something, Mimic. obviously. And he's like, he's telling you to remember. shove it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is totally like sense of humor. Yeah. Yeah. But, but so those are all original 150 Pokemon. So that's the stuff that we grew up with. People who had Pokemon yeah. Red and Blue on their Game Boy back in the day. And it's so they haven't pushed with the Pokemon that sort of have led the last few uh, 3DS games. There is one, uh, the other, the one like non-original Pokemon that gets a couple big shots is called Greninja, which is one I can't remember which games he's from, but he's sort of from one like of the, the, and gold the thing. third generation maybe, but is one that was sort of the hero Pokemon of that generation was really, really popular. Right. Charizard um, gets a lot of airtime in the trailer. Charizard yeah, gets lots of um, so stampeding Bulbasaur's I saw. The Bulbasaur's, yeah. So all the stuff they're pushing is the stuff that we grew up with, the stuff that's going to hit the nostalgia buttons. Not necessarily the stuff, other than Pikachu, obviously, who's eternally popular, but it's not necessarily the stuff that seven-year-olds today will think of as their favourite Pokemon. No. That's not what they're pushing. They're pushing the ones that are favourite Pokemon. I'm not sure, actually, I know we're saying it's a kid's film, but if I show, yeah, a seven-year-old that trailer, I'm not sure they would laugh or get it. No, I think yeah. it's trying to hit both demos, isn't it? Um, but it's when I say it's a kid's film, it's got... Um, What's his name? Smith in it. Justice uh, Smith. Justice Smith. Is he in Jurassic Park? Yeah. 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 Jurassic Park. Um, and it, it, it's, I mean, it's going to be a movie that you could show to a child. Basically. Yeah. It's sure. going to be, yeah, yeah, it's, exactly. it's not going to be seven for is this kind of, Is this going to be like the, the 21st century um, total reinvention of like a film? I always think like Toy Story. Like my dad mm-hmm. took me to see that. Yeah. I thought it's funny because oh, there's funny toys. But like, it's actually got really good jokes in it. Yeah. yeah. It's just like that. Like The Simpsons, like. Everything yeah. is sort it's, of two it's, different films for it's yeah, not going to be people screaming what's it. in the box yeah <laughs> uh, it's, it's not going to be gritty yeah. uh, detective yeah, there might be some sort of jokes about kind of film noir in there um yeah. For, yeah. for the adults in the room but yeah it's, it's still it's, like a cast in it what's the who's the, who's the old the, the old dying man in uh inception he's in it right Ken Watanabe? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Was he in the trailer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in the trailer. If, I don't know if he was voice. also the dying man in Inception, but yeah, oh, Ken Watanabe sure is in he it. Is, isn't he? Um, Bill Nye does the intro voiceover in that trailer, so it's yeah. interesting. There are two the dying well. men in Inception, aren't there? Okay, fine. The uh, Asian man. Yeah, the Asian yeah. man. Yeah. Ken Watanabe. Um, um, cool. Because the white dying man in Inception is now dead, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, this is the last film, Pete Postlethwaite. Pete Postlethwaite. Right, yeah. Anyway. That's that's we're such nerds. I wonder how many people don't know what the hell we're talking about. Sorry, the thing I did want to say about this trailer is just how hilariously jarring it was for me as someone that was coming at it um, with absolutely no prior knowledge. So I'd seen a few tweets where basically it was just Pikachu and his dear still, and I was like, "What is this?" And then I watched the trailer, and then it just he just starts talking, and it's Ryan Reynolds' voice, and you're just like, "I this is completely throwing me off balance." What's the What's the deal with the fact that not everyone can understand Pikachu? 
Oh, I don't. I've not actually played the Detective Pikachu game, so I don't so know, I don't know game. what that. Because the lead in this film, if you haven't seen it, listen. Yeah, um, yeah he can understand um, Pikachu. Yeah, and then so when other people Pokemon, talk to him, they just hear him going, Pika. Yeah, yeah. Pokemon can only ever say their own name, but <laughs> yeah. then for some reason, Genius. the main character in this can actually hear him talk like that Rhymer. That would help hurry the story along a little bit. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's kind of terrible. Yeah, I mean, it was a big thing in the gaming world when they released this Detective Pikachu game and Pikachu could talk in it because it was that same thing of this is so weird. Right. I talking Pikachu. they're going to yada yada the explanation. Oh, yeah, there'll be, there'll be something. Oh, yeah. You know, it'll be something to do with some sort of mystic gem. I'm sure. I'm sure it will be a Mr. Jet. Or Um, Mew might be involved. Yeah, who knows? (laughs) Some test tube thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, quite. Anything else on the Pokemon? No, he's a bit furry. Actually, you were going to say um, that this is going to be the beginning of a Pokemon expanded universe. Well, not necessarily Pokemon, but this is Nintendo. (laughs) (laughs) This is Nintendo's big push into multimedia stuff, and they've been saying for a while in sort of investor calls over the last few years that they basically wanted to be better about making money off of all their intellectual property uh they're very More good money. at doing that in games but yeah. they've not always done make yeah. the most of it i remember I think, sorry go on, go on. partly they got burned by the 80s mario movie which was yeah was that bob hoskins uh god that was bad yes and john leguizamo yeah um <laughs> he has been well dennis hopper is uh, the bad guy wow. King Cooper. Nice. Um, that's, 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 it's that's it's insane. a terrible film it's i have so a massive soft spot for it it's got this amazing design that's kind of like uh, mushroomy Blade Runner. So I really think it's worth anyone watching because the world is like, what if Blade Runner but fungus everywhere? Right. And I can't of... believe they made that and that they made that for a Mario movie and it's it's just worth seeing. There is some but... kind of neon Blade Runner aesthetic in the Detective Pikachu uh, trailer yeah. as well because there's a yeah, there scene, there's a yeah, scene yeah. where he's bit. talking and he's like, can you people understand down the market street and it's down like a market street and mm, then yeah. it actually reminded me of the scene in the new blade runner where he meets the prostitute because it's kind yeah. of in like outdoor outdoor tables with all the neon in the background so there's yeah. definitely an aesthetic there yeah um but yeah so th- this is uh this obviously is a big film thing they are making a mario movie as well that one's going to be fully cg i was going to say yeah so that's um being made by um the studio who've made the Despicable Me, Despicable Me and Minions movies. Okay. So that's coming in 2022, probably. I'd imagine that would be less... That would be more kid-focused, yeah, I, I think. More openly a kid's film. Uh, there's also really interesting stuff that came out the other week that they are in talks to make something to do with The Legend of Zelda, mm-hmm. probably for Netflix. It was Adi Shankar who's the showrunner on the Castlevania anime that's on Netflix right now, which had huge critical acclaim, and it's really, really, really good. Uh, as somebody who hasn't even played the Castlevania games, I think it's actually like, fantastic. It's just this weird, violent, gothic, western anime. I've played a bit um, of Castlevania. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, it's great. It's uh, The second season dropped last month, I think. There's um, so much stuff buried on Netflix, isn't there? Yeah, if you don't. Yeah, my algorithm sucks. If the algorithm hasn't <laughs> picked out that you s- might like that thing, you're never going to see it. It's a shite comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I need to go digging. But yeah, so so he uh, he's in talks to make... It, or basically, he's caught the gaming industry's attention after that, or he's pursuing them. I don't know which way around it goes. But after that doing very well, he's been in talks for something to do with Assassin's Creed animated oh, right, yeah. after they did the rubbish live-action movie. But he's also in talks to do something Zelda, which sounds like it would probably be more of a TV show. Um, wow, big. So that's another big thing that's going to come. 
Um, yeah, then then there was stuff. There's been for years. There's been speculation that Metroid might get a movie, and then Brie Larson wore a Metroid costume for Halloween, <laughs> oh, yeah. right. which sort of stoked that again. And now everyone's saying, "Oh, they so could do it," and she could do it. Apart she's... from the Mario film, I'm trying to think of other video game films. There aren't that many. Tomb, that, Ra- Tomb Raider's pretty bad. Been loads. I mean, so the, well, we've had three <laughs> Tomb Raider films. Watch them. Doom um, was was Doom was oh, all yeah. right. Doom the Rock thing. Uh, I, I Resident Evil Doom. actually is a long running franchise. Yeah. yeah, like five of them, six of them. I oh, forget those. Yeah, Kate um, Beckinsale. Yeah, we got it a live is... action. No, Beckinsale. No, no, she's underworld. underworld. Uh, oh, sorry, Oh yeah, thingy from Fifth Element. That's Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I said, there was a live action Assassin's Creed with Michael Fassbender. That looked terrible. The other year that got very bad reviews. Um, the terrible Mario movie is just the absolute best, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that's the peak. But uh, yeah, there, there have been there have been rubbish video game movies being made for years. We've had like two Hitman movies. Um, Mortal Kombat movies, a classic. Mortal Kombat's way back when. Uh, Street Fighter's been done both years ago and more recently. Uh, they, they people keep trying. Golden Eye, keep of failing. Of course. <laughs> that's a joke. Yeah. I get, I get cool. So this this is one of those things where yeah the small screens had a bit more luck like with Castlevania but there still hasn't really been a great video game adaptation there've been some okay ones but they're mostly pretty bad. It just shows this voracious hunger for content and IP based content at the moment yeah. um, from the studios like you saw this week that AMC have announced that they're going to completely expand the Walking Dead universe and there's going to yeah. be a, like four Rick Grimes movies and there's going to be a game and it, there's yeah. there's just there's this gaping void for content at the moment from all the streaming services, especially as Disney yep. comes online and all the other ones come online. Um, so you, you're going to just see every single piece of IP like this just yep. bled for as much value as possible. Well, from Pokemon and one beloved franchise to another well-regarded video game, uh, Tetris. Less fluffy characters. <laughs> yeah, more more, uh, more angles. <laughs> um, Better music. What is Tetris in the news for this week? Uh, so there's a new game out on PlayStation 4 uh, called The Tetris Effect, which is really... So, it, you know, Tetris has been re-released every now and then. So sort of every it's few years, some new version <laughs> comes out, has done since the original. Um, and it's normally not very exciting to anyone except diehard Tetris fans. And The Tetris Effect has been a bit of a surprise because it's suddenly in everyone's Game of the Year lists and in contention for sort of prizes and... and uh, it's been getting five star reviews across the board. Okay, so wait, wait, so it's Tetris, but on a, like a, a home console. So it's Tetris on the PlayStation Four. So it's on a home console. Uh, it's also compatible with PlayStation VR, right? Uh, which is definitely the better way to play it if you've got that. Uh, what it is is it's so it's from um, the uh, devs who who brought Res Infinite to VR a while ago, which is another, which is a sort of rhythm puzzle game. Okay. And this is kind of moving Tetris into the same space where it's basically incorporating the music into the game and incorporating visual effects into it as well. So it, it's it's named after this sort of state that people get in where after you've been playing Tetris um, for, for such a long time that you start to see the Tetriminos around you. And <laughs> is, that, see, is that the correct sort of term? See things slotting in. Yeah, Tetrimino. I did not know that. Um, I may not be pronouncing it right. I'm not sure. But, <laughs> Tetramino. Uh, Tetramino, I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so this is a game that's basically being created from the ground up to create this immersive, uh, consuming state of mind where basically you sort of play through and every stage has different music and different visual effects going on. So say in one you're going and there's all these sort of 
dolphins made of beads of light swimming <laughs> around you while these like water all the tetris box on this one are watery there's this like flowing music and every time you move a block or rotate a block or slot a block or clear a line it makes a noise which fits in with the song right. so it's this weird kind of rhythm game space where by playing tetris you are contributing to the song contributing to the whole audio visual experience that's all reactive to what you're doing and uh, just it just makes it so much more okay i see yeah, yeah all your senses get tied into the actual actions you're making okay and uh especially in vr it's very very overwhelming cool um there's nothing really like that i can't think of anything yeah it's very unusual I and it's... donkey conga on the gamecube <laughs> great game Do you remember that with the, bo- with the actual bongo controllers? yeah 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 i've still got my bongos <laughs> sitting around somewhere i think i have too oh man we should bring them in but no this sounds like wait this is like a completely different genre yeah, it's phenomenal, and it's taken me by surprise because, you know, I mean, I like Tetris as much as anyone in that kind of, you know, I had it on the Game Boy, and I remember losing hours to it, but I would never go and buy Tetris again for a modern, you know, I've not been in a rush to play, and I could just get it on my yeah. phone if I wanted to, I've never bothered. Um, but this feels like something different, it feels like something very special, especially in VR. Um, I'm still working my way through the sort of main single-player mode, but... Uh, what's really fascinated to me is that quite a lot of the reviews talk about one of the final stages being very moving. I've read people talking about crying while playing this Tetris game because it was such an emotional experience. And that is kind of mind-blowing. Yeah. Wow. You need to keep playing and... You can come back on the pod when you've shed a tear. I'm weeping <laughs> uncontrollably. Well, thanks yeah. for that. I feel like once someone tells me that something's going to be hugely moving, it's not going to move me because I kind of steal myself to it. Yeah. yeah, it happens in a lot of movies where someone will be like, "The ending's going to knock you for six, and then mm. I kind of steal myself to it. And I yeah, my to... friend recommended a book to me because he said it made him cry, and I read it, and it was it was really depressing. But I was just waiting to cry, so it didn't happen. Nah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm hard as nuts. Maybe. <laughs> Do I mean nails? <laughs> I think you mean nails. <laughs> well, on that bombshell, <laughs> let's have some drums and synths and then come back and talk about something mildly serious. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Scott, um, yeah, another app, another fuck up. Yeah. What's this one? Yeah, this is such a such a less fun topic to talk about <laughs> for everyone involved. Well, it is quite important. Um, so Facebook, again, in the news, again. Um, it's one of those stories that the New York Times have uh, published, which they've been getting in the habit of doing for the last kind of two years, which kind of makes you just kind of stop what you're doing and read it. Um, this is a, a long, old, like, long old expose. Yeah, long old expose, um, basically focusing in on how Facebook has responded to its multiple um, public relations uh, issues and scandals over the last uh, two years. So that encompasses um, fake news, uh, yeah. Russian bots, um, Cambridge Analytica scandal, um, all of these things that have been reported already. But what this New York Times piece does is it delves into how Facebook internally has kind of responded to those crises. Oh, internally rather than publicly in um, statements and stuff. Yeah. And, and the, the key takeaway basically is that Facebook has embarked on what you would traditionally call a, a dirty tricks campaign, right. which is where you employ uh, public relations, lobbying professionals um, to basically smear your opponents to make you not look so bad. Um, it involves um, a huge amount of public relations work and lobbying to make sure that Congress don't come down on you so hard um, when you know, you've been breaking data privacy regulations. Um, and I was saying to you earlier, Henry, the problem with this story is that um, because I cover Facebook or because I am in, like I basically read so much about Facebook, I wasn't really shocked by these no. by the piece. Mm. A lot of people were saying, you know, it was jaw dropping, jaw dropping kind of um, uh, revelations. Um, I wasn't that surprised that this is how they kind of go about their business. No. This is very typical corporate behavior when when the shit hits the fan this is how corporations tend to respond the problem is this is how corporations in oil and gas and financial services tend to respond this is not how liberal leaning silicon valley companies that talk about connecting the world and making the world a better place it's generally not the way that they respond to crises it's what the baddies do we're all used it to is. the baddies doing it and it's sort of <laughs> now this, oh wait a face with the baddies this is what goldman sachs would do yeah. or this is what bp would do for me, there were two um, the, the two things that stood out, and I know there's lots of angles to this, but this is just what I saw. Um, since this article has been published, there have been uh, one quite uh, serious claim that Zuckerberg's had to respond to publicly, and then another I thought sort of more um, sort of trivial one that I just found uh, quite funny. Was uh, it the phones one? Yeah. <laughs> so the trivial thing is that suppose it, the, the piece claims that the reason Zuckerberg told everyone at Facebook that they have to use an Android phone and they can't use an iPhone is um, after the, the data breach scandals and Tim Cook was interviewed on uh, MSNBC, I think. Yeah. Um, he was like, oh, this would never happen at Apple because, you know, privacy is uh, really important to us and it's your civil liberty and we, it's, we protect that. It's because Tim Cook was mean to him. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> which is, um, yeah, which is funny that it's uh, the other way around because, uh, side note, Steve Jobs was so angry at a Microsoft employee saying that their products were better than his that he actually canned the iPad which was meant to come before the iPhone mm. and they changed it into the iPhone first yeah anyway. did Zuckerberg originally sell that in as like a security thing yeah he also said that because Facebook is a global product um, and that iOS is only actually the majority used in the west yeah that they should be using Android phones because actually the majority of the two billion people who use Facebook are doing it on Android phones it really is because Tim Cook said mean things yeah. about him <laughs> <laughs> so that was funny because he's actually come out and, and, and said that and then the other thing which is slightly uh, more important is that another one of these third party apps I've actually forgotten the name of it that the piece uh, says um basically that zuckerberg didn't know about it 
and then they've sort of cut ties with them now. But his his PR response to this, oh, it, um, this lobbying group that we just sort of didn't know about. Yeah. His response was, yeah, I didn't know about it. Yeah. That that was it. There was not even I didn't know about it, and these are the reasons why, or this is what we've now done. He was just like basically qualifying that this all happened because he didn't know yeah so i've kind of buried the lead here because that really is the crux of what this piece gets at the crux of this piece is that cheryl sandberg is the one pulling the strings here and her title at the company she's the chief operating officer um she's an ex-googler um she also uh worked for the treasury secretary at one point um she's a um massive democrat uh donor and yep. she um i think she worked on the hillary clinton campaign she did. um she basically yeah she she very much is a um a washington and a silicon valley insider um which puts her in a very unique position to be uh you know kind of at the forefront of all of these things that i just talked about in terms of lobbying in terms of dealing with congress in terms of dealing with public relations uh what it showed was that cheryl sandberg for all of her kind of public persona as a um as a very liberal leaning uh, executive, a very powerful executive, someone that um, tends to uh, empower women in executive roles. She yeah. wrote a very popular book called Lean In. Um, she also had a, a horrendous tragedy last year when her husband suddenly died and wrote a book about that as well. So she's always been this kind of very well revered um, figure in Silicon Valley. But what this piece really shows is as another side to Sheryl Sandberg, and it is, <laughs> is she is cutthroat. Yeah, she uh, it's that very much attack or be attacked uh, mentality, um, and she did not mess around when when Facebook came under attack over the last two years, and and basically used every political power and ploy and connection uh, that she could possibly use um, to try and protect her company. Mm. Did it, did it work? Uh, probably it worked <laughs> until now. I mean, it didn't really work. I mean, they, they the company has just been dealing with shitstorm after shitstorm for the last two years, and their their public, um, uh, they're basically uh, the way they're thought of in in public, and their trust um, well, is falling through the floor. I would agree with you, but they thought of in public in certain sectors. Yeah, but also mm. your point stands. Um, their, their stock price hasn't moved. No, their stock price hasn't moved a jot. It might have dropped. Using I mean, it's dropped over the last two years, but it's still maintained a huge amount of its value. Well, I mean, basically, the top line is Wall Street doesn't give a shit uh, <laughs> about any of this, and um, which makes sense because Wall Street. No one's going to walk away from that big an advertising monster, is no, it? No, and Wall Street would have liked BP and it would have liked Goldman Sachs, regardless yeah. of the way they went about their business, because yeah. they were still behemoths, and that's what Facebook is now. Yeah. The, the difficulty people are having is is separating the setup in his Harvard uh, dorm room uh, attitude towards Facebook and what it is now, which is a, a, a global corporation. Well, it's funny that you, that you said that because uh, yeah, his um, his thing in front of Congress when he had to answer to a lot of the Cambridge Analytica stuff, uh, it really annoyed me that he so often brought up the fact that he was like, oh, I started this in my dorm room. Yeah. But apparently, as the piece says, and as we probably could have guessed, um, poor old uh, ro- robot Mark, but yeah, he was properly drilled before that to basically avoid all the questions in a kind of eloquent way yeah and he did and supposedly yeah he told one of the guys um again sorry i've forgotten the name of the uh the 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 guy that he said it to during the the hearing but he was apparently personally surprised at the the level and sort of the intensity of the questioning yeah which the piece sort of suggests that like even then in that bigger pile of shit (laughs) he's still not aware of how powerful facebook is yeah I mean, Sandberg would have been way better at facing Congress, but <clears throat> they obviously asked for the CEO. I mean, Sandberg would have done a far better job. Yeah. Um, she's much more polished. She's much better at that kind of 
that kind of thing. Uh, Zuckerberg has no political instincts whatsoever. Well, she uh, turned up to the Senate Intelligence Committee hearing, right? She did where... the one where Larry Page didn't turn up. Which was great PR for great them. Great for them, mm-hmm. because all of the, the flack ended up being on Google, not Facebook. Jack Dorsey turned up with his weird upturned collar. He did. And Sam <laughs> Where he had no collar. It was, was one weird, of those weird it? like monk collars. Like a, yeah, but he also flipped it up. Wow. And he had like a pirate earring it was fucking weird <laughs> he's yeah, a weird Jack, dude he is a weird dude um yeah um there's a couple of other little things that um the piece kind of um it, i mean it's worth reading anyway but it kind of throws up a few other interesting things basically in 2015 when um trump was still presidential candidate um facebook very much uh strongly strongly considered uh, whether he had violated their terms and whether his account should be suspended is that uh, to do when he uh, suggested his policy would be to ban muslims it was a muslim ban right. comments um and basically the times revealed that the conversation that went on with the general counsel at facebook and everyone involved at the time basically was like don't poke the bear was the exact quote basically <sighs> don't poke the bear of republican supporters because the backlash yeah. will be too strong so let's just leave it right um, it, seems- we kind of knew that, but it's interesting to see it on paper. And also, yeah. it's it's not difficult to extrapolate that onto other social media companies and wonder whether that's yeah. the policy they've taken as well. Well, yeah, it kind of it's in line with the whole uh, narrative that Twitter still considers itself like an open platform and it doesn't have any political responsibility, which is yeah. why it doesn't ban Nazis. Even Nazi. when Donald doesn't, Trump threatens nuclear war on the platform. Yeah, it doesn't ban Nazis. And then, yeah, that piece also points out that um, I, th- I think it was, I, I could, could be wrong, but I think it was uh, in a, a Recode interview where um Kara Swisher poked um Zuckerberg enough for him to actually admit that he didn't think that um Holocaust deniers should be yeah. banned from Facebook. Because they sort of it's like this don't poke the bear thing, but then also politically, if they do it once, they're gonna be held to account for everything. And yeah. They, just, yeah. Don't, they don't want to get but they involved. have to stop taking positions on all sorts of topics. Once they take a position yeah. on one, you're committed to it. Well if you did it then, why don't you do it now? So they've got to start deciding actually what Facebook, the Facebook yeah, line he, is he really still everything. thinks that it's a like um a media company when it is a publisher. Yeah, yeah and as you as you and they up have the, a responsibility to do that. Yeah. And they and, just don't. No. <laughs> and as you brought up the Holocaust <laughs> denier thing, that that's also another angle on this piece is that there's a lot of kind of um Israel lobby um, uh, sort of um, activities going on around this. So um, the company that uh, Facebook hired to do a lot of its um, public affairs was a company called Definers. That's the one I was trying to think of. And Definers was set up by a bunch of um, Republican um, veterans who deploy very Republican political kind of strategies onto corporate affairs. That's things like um, research-based PR, um, things like smearing rivals, um, but also they um, their efforts did include depicting um, George Soros as the force be- behind the anti-Facebook um, uh, kind of movement, yeah. um, which is just a classic, classic Republican move is to blame everything on Soros. Yeah. Um, and when you've got, you know, Sandberg and Zuckerberg, who are both uh, Jewish executives, it just kind of leaves a, a bit of a bitter taste in the mouth. Yeah. Still haven't deleted my Facebook, though. Me neither. Me yeah. neither. Don't um, know why I haven't. No, me neither. I don't want to. I don't want anyone to really see all those photos I'm tagged in. So no. why wouldn't I delete it? I don't really use but, it for anything anymore. It's just there. The only thing I ever use it for is if somebody like invites you to a party, but they don't actually text you. They just add you on Facebook. Yeah. Not that I get invited to that many parties, by the way. But no. <laughs> yeah, I don't really need it. I no. do use Messenger though. Can you can you can you deactivate your Facebook account and still use Messenger? I don't know because I hate Messenger. Yeah. I don't think so. I'm just saying I use Messenger bit, now. Yeah. Not not the actual main app. Wow. Um. So the the last thing is is 
Um, we'll just have to wait and see what happens here. Um, my suspicion, my suspicion is nothing. My suspicion <laughs> yeah, is nothing. Yeah. I think Sandberg will keep her job. I think Zuckerberg will keep his job. I think their their stock price will stay fairly level. Um, I think we'll probably see some more stuff come out. Um, but it, all in all, it's it's not actually going to have um, an impact. Which A couple is... of people didn't keep their jobs, did they? No, so I mean Stamos uh, left. I, yeah, think I think Alex so. Stamos was the head of security. Was that largely down to the fact they investigated it without really make without really telling anyone. Yeah, the bit, I mean it's worth reading the piece for that actually because it's really interesting how kind of Stamos went about kind of investigating the Russian bots and then kind of realised how bad it was and then kind of bided his time until he told executives because he knew they really wouldn't want to hear what he had to tell them and then when he did tell them that the problem was worse than they expected he got screamed at by Sheryl Sandberg in yeah. front of everyone apparently um, where she said that he threw them under the bus and it's like well do you want me to not tell you or do you want yeah. me to tell you um, it, it's, what was it's the problem sh- that he hadn't brought it up sooner well I think the general counsel said he should have brought it up sooner but I don't know. I don't know what she wanted really from him. Um, it, it, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't think they should worry about it now because they got Nick Clegg. <laughs> it's true. I forgot that. He'll ball in in the new year into He'll, Silicon Valley sort it out. with his yellow ties and his <laughs> sort of wispy aura. He's part of this though. He's yeah. part of this. He's, now caught up he's in part of the lobbying yeah. and the PR machine yeah. at Facebook and he's the European arm of that and he's part of the dark arts side of things. So, Fun times. Cool. Well, thank you both. Cheers. The light and the dark of tech this week. <laughs> we'll come back next week. Go and, and play let... a nice Tetris game with like dolphins, <laughs> yeah. and it'll. Calm Don't look you down. at the news at the weekend because no. this country is falling to shit. So yeah. let's just put our VR headsets on and like play Tetris with some whales and play the new Pokemon game. Which uh, is out today. Yeah, let's go Pikachu. Let's go Pikachu. He's having let's a great. He's having, having a great run. Pikachu's yeah. having a good run. Not Ryan Reynolds Pikachu though. It's just a new Switch game, is it? Yeah, just a new Switch game. It's basically a loose remake of the original uh, red and blue but with some pokemon go-esque mechanics thrown in to make it more accessible and And stuff like that the franchise rolls on yep thanks both this franchise will hopefully roll on next week if the country is still here if the country's still here (laughs) we'll satellite phone it in if not thanks for listening have a good weekend bye uk tech weekly podcast hold up What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.